You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. There's power in faith. In Scripture, we find in in the book of Hebrews, actually in the letter to the Hebrews, we find this great nugget from chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the reality of what we hope for and the proof of what we do not see. This Power of Faith sermon series has looked uh, to challenge us to, to be open to some of the components of faith. And, and if you remember, we talked about in the first week, uh, uh, we talked about baptism. And I reminded you of the story of, of the girl who was wanting to be baptized and was told that if she were, she couldn't come home. And so she brought her luggage with her because she knew she couldn't go home anymore. And then I invited you to come and see the challenge that Jesus gives to us to to come and see what great works God is doing in this world. And if you remember last week, or two weeks ago, we reminded that we were parts of the body and parts of each other connected in faith through Christ. And then last week, I invited you to serve, and to remember that there's power in serving. These things are, are, are just things to remind us, to help us remember that there is power in our faith if we live it out in such a way that lives can be shaped and transformed, and we get all of that from the basis of Scripture. And there's power in the reading of Scripture. So we're going to dive and talk about that a little bit today. But before we dive into our scripture reading, let's go to God in prayer. God of love, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. And in the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the letter from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Now, how many of you took to the invitation and brought your Bibles this week? All right, giving you a second to look at it, and good job, and would love for you to do this every week. So here's the reading for today. Since childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures that help you to be wise in a way that leads to salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for the teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character, so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. May you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading and hearing of the scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen. I want to start with a story. To help explain the challenges people were facing in the West, 
authors Randolph Richards and Brandon O'Brien refer to the social experiment found in The Forgotten Famine by Mark Allen Powell. Powell had 12 students in a seminary class read the story of the prodigal son from Luke's gospel. Some of you may know it. Then close their Bibles and retell the story as faithfully as possible to a partner. None of the 12 American seminary students mentioned the famine in Luke 15, verse 14, which, participants, which particip- ah, precipitates the son's eventual return. Powell then had 100 people participate in the same experiment, and the results revealed that only six of the hundred mentioned the famine. The famine for Godders, as Paul called the, Powell called them, had only one thing in common. They were from the United States. Later, Powell tried this experiment in St. Petersburg, Russia. He gathered 50 participants to read and retell the prodigal son's story. This time, an overwhelming 42 of the 50 participants mentioned the famine. Why? Just 70 years before, 670,000 people died of starvation after a Nazi Germany siege of the capital city began a three-year famine. Famine was very much a part of their history and immigration of the Russian participants. And so when we open up this Bible, this thing that we read, and, and, and I hope that like for you, for me, the, the Bible is, is sacred. The Bible means a lot to my faith. The Bible is the foundation of my faith. Because it shows me how God loves the world. Are there rough and, and hard edges? Yes, there is. Like, are there difficult verses to deal with? Yes, there is. And what do we do with those difficult verses? Sometimes we have to just say, I don't know. Go ask the pastor. Or in our house, if it's a difficult pastor, go ask mommy. Or if it's mommy, if the girls are asking mommy, go ask daddy. But we need a reference point. And that's why I love, I love Study Bibles, sometimes they can help us. They can help us see things a little bit deeper. They can help us figure out some of those difficult passages and see the context in which they were written. Because as we understand, that this, this Bible didn't, wasn't written with you in mind. It was written a long time ago. And it wasn't even written a long time ago. They lived out the stories for such a long time, they, they continued to tell the stories orally that finally they reached a point where they said, hey, we ought to sit down and write these things down. So they did. And do you realize like the, the, the writer that's writing this letter isn't referring to the whole Bible that we know today. He's only referring to the Old Testament. The New Testament was being written while they were there. And so like the New Testament didn't even exist. Only in memory and through oral history. And they shared these stories together and, and, and things of lives have touched and changed. And, and in reality, scriptures point us towards God. Not necessarily how God always works in this world, because there's some stories in there that are irreconcilable. There's some stories in there that don't ring true to how we see God. Because I believe in God and love. And those scriptures where, where they're, they're referring to how God reacted in the world in those difficult ones, sometimes we just have to say, this is how God, this is how those people who wrote the story down perceived how God worked in the world. And I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with leaving that on the table and moving on and, and really pointing towards people to the God of love because we see in the very beginning of Genesis when God began to create, He created with us in mind to share God's love. He loved us so much that, you know, in the story, in, in the very beginning in Genesis, when, when, when we failed, the rule was we were done. That was it. End of man. Eat from the tree of knowledge and you will die. But from the very beginning, God shows us what his plan was. To love us and care for us. But also understand that in that story, there's consequence to that broken relationship. Thus, we're here today. And throughout all of scriptures, there's that common, that, that common reoccurrence of, of, of being connected to God. And, and when they fall short, what happens? Something bad happens. And they, they realize that they've fallen short and they're not living into what God has called them to do, to love him and to love his neighbor. And so when they get back on track, when they're reminded of those stories, they, they kind of reorient themselves and remind themselves that it is about a connection to God. And so I want to encourage you, as you as you read through your Bibles, that, 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 that yes, there's going to be difficult times that this comes up, and, and yes, people are going to read it differently because as um, Bolton Joyner reminded us in, in his book, United Methods Questions, United Methods Answers, he wrote this great gem. Persons might read the same passage and come to dramatically opposed views. Does this mean that one is right and the other is wrong? Perhaps, he says. Sometimes what it does is it more often means that God has more to reveal to us than anyone can grasp. Sometimes there's more to the story. Sometimes we need to hear more. Sometimes we need to see more. Sometimes we need to be open up to the opportunities of what Scripture may be revealing to us, may be challenging us to push and to grow. Have you ever, some of you, you know, grew up in the faith. Some of you grew up in Sunday school. And some of you may even remember those felt boards that, that you had as a Sunday school person. Maybe you were the teacher with those felt boards, and, and maybe you only told part of the story. And maybe as you read it as an adult or as you were getting ready to teach it, and you realized, wow, that's not the way they're teaching it in the children's Bible. Because we stopped before the Noah story is completed. And we don't really tell the story of what happens after he gets off the boat with children, because that's hard to reconcile. Very hard to reconcile. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Genesis and figure it out. I'm not going to process it here in front of all the children. That's for you to handle. But one of the more powerful things that we get to experience as pastors, this is probably one of the coolest things I get to experience as a pastor is when someone passes away and we sit with the family and we ask, hey, do they have a Bible? You know, a lot of times I say yes. Can I see that Bible? And one of the things I love to do is to open it up and to see what they have and, and to see what they underlined and see what notes they left themselves. This was my mother's Bible that I, when she passed, I received. And the notes that are left in here are memories that I can't let go of. Verses that she underlined that were important to her. Things that meant a lot to her went into this Bible. And my mom, being the mother that she was and being the follower of Jesus that she was, she had more than one Bible. I only brought the one. But in this story, in this one, she had lots of things 
uh, tucked away and notes left to her and, and things that were important to her. But when we see this, we see what was important to her. And it happens with others, too. It's beautiful when I see notes in the, in, in the, in the sides and the edges. One of the notes here, and it's at the end of Jude, she wrote, building, looking, and praying. And we remember these things in Scripture that are highlighted, that are passed down from generation to generation. Someday this will no longer be mine, but it will be my children's. And then they'll pass it on. And they'll share the stories of their grandmother and what, they meant, what she meant to them. These are important things, not to be used as weapons, but to be used as signs of love and remembering how God works in this world. The Bible's important to me. Methodists view the Bible, and I love the line how Methodists view the Bible. We believe that the Holy Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, reveals the Word of God so far as is necessary for our salvation. Let me unpack that for you by this simple line. We believe that the Bible contains all that is necessary for salvation. We believe that the, the Bible, the, the thing that you carry around with you, I hope you carry yours with you from place to place, from time to time. I'm not saying you have to carry it with you when you go grocery shopping. And, well, unless you carry your list in it, then that's important too. But I hope you bring it to church on Sunday and highlight those scriptures and read those scriptures and, and, and dig into it a little bit more and read it more because we're moving away from that. And you know what's crazy is the Bible is the most accessible as it is now, as it ever has been in history. You can carry it with you on your phone. Nine o'clock every day, I get a text or I get a verse of the day. Some days I love the verse. Like, wow, that's a good verse to read. Some days I'm like, oh, Lord, why are you challenging me in this way? Why that verse? Why today? But see, salvation is a lifelong process that we continue to grow towards God and to live like Jesus and respond to the Holy Spirit. It's a lifelong thing. It, it doesn't matter if you've read the Bible once or, or 900 times or you, you, know, you read it every day. It, it draws us closer to God when we open ourselves up to it. But we can't just read it alone. I think far too often we think that I'm reading my Bible all by myself and that's okay. But we need to be doing it together in community to challenge us, to, to help us see a broader picture, a wider world out there because everybody doesn't read the Bible the same. And that's okay. Some of us need to grow. Some of us don't know. And that's okay. It's okay to admit that you don't know all the stories. It's okay to admit that you don't know the whole thing. Even when um, uh, several years ago, Ashley and I were part of a church that read the Bible in 90 days. The whole church agreed to read the Bible in 90 days. And let me tell you, that was a task. 12 pages a day for 90 days. I learned more about the Bible in those 90 days than I ever did in seminary because I saw things I never saw before. I read stories I never read before. And it broadened my horizon on, on really how the Scriptures are to be used, to be used as, as a chance for us to grow closer to God, to understand, to live like Jesus, and to be open to the Holy Spirit. Church, I think we've forgotten what being open to the Holy Spirit looks like. Because we're so contained about what God is in a box or on a page. 
that we've forgotten that it's the Holy Spirit that drives us, sustains us, challenges us to move and to live like Jesus. And there's power in reading scriptures. Up in the back of the church, there is a list of things that you can use to help you grow in your faith and, and understand the Bible more. I've given some suggested Bibles. Um, my favorite, if you ask me, is the Common English Bible. And no, they don't pay me to promote this. I wish they did. But I encourage you to pick up a good study Bible, whether it's the Common English Study Bible or the New Revised Standard Version or the English Standard Version or the Message, the message Study Bible is a really good study Bible because you get to read inside Eugene Peterson's head why he did what he did. Now, his Bible's a paraphrase. I wouldn't uh, make his word authoritative scripture because it's a paraphrase, and he's honest about that. But it's a tool to help us see the wider picture of scripture. I love the Common English because it's the most current. It uses the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, the King James Version was written long before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. So they have new data to use. They have new uh, letters to read. And because when we translate something, we're taking all the things that we have together and we're putting them together to come up with the best words that we have for today. Have you ever figured out how complex the English language really is? Could you imagine trying to translate that into a language written so long ago? It's hard. It's difficult. And things change meanings. So we need some ways to, to discern that. And, and I always recommend there are two one-volume commentaries in, the, in that list. There's um, also some suggested books that I would encourage you to read. I, I just actually finished up reading Rob Bell's book, uh, What is the Bible? It was a good read. It, it challenged me. It pushed me. It broadened my horizon to, to stop looking at some smaller things and looking at the bigger picture that God had in mind. And there's, there's about 10 sheets back there, and I'll share that with you all on, um, on, our, on our website and all that stuff, because I want you to take this seriously. Because a Barna study showed that right now, equivalent, 700 people a day stop reading their Bible. And if that trend continues, by 2040, two-thirds of Americans will have no meaningful connection with the Bible. This was a Barna study in 2016. And so I want you to connect to it, get to know it a little bit, open it up every now and then, dust it off if you have to. But get to know your Bible. And if you're not comfortable with, you, with yours because you don't like the translation, maybe you're a King James translation. Maybe that was what was given to you at your confirmation. This was my mom's, this was given to my mom at her confirmation, and she gave it to me when I became a Christian. It was King James. I didn't understand it. I finally came to my mom and said, Mom, I need a Bible for Christmas. Can I have a Bible for Christmas? I mean, how many kids really say they want a Bible for Christmas? And so they bought me this, the NIV Bible. And this will always hold a place in my heart. I use it. I still use this too. Because every now and then, something from the common English, I'm like, I wonder what that says in the King James. The men in the men's Bible study have heard me say that, and they'll see me get on my phone, because you know, one of the great things about the digital Bible is you can flip between translations pretty easily. And I'm saying all this because I want you 
to dive into Scripture more. Not to prove a point or to make you think exactly like I do, but I want you to wrestle with it. Because when we wrestle with it, we grow. When we dive into it, we grow. And when we get to know it, we love it even more. And we can see how it's a useful tool for our faith journeys. Because when we stop reading it, or we only read the one verses that we like, we don't grow. And our box becomes smaller and smaller. But God wants us to have big box, a big vision, and to be open to the possibilities of how God can work in this world. And I really do believe that the whole message of the Bible is about how God has worked with humans since day one. And since day one, God has shown us that He loves us and He cares for us, even when we fail. And I see that through all the scriptures, even in Jesus. And so I challenge you to dig in a little bit more. Because yes, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. And I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.